coming up next on My Yielded Life. I was like, what I do? And she was like, you cut your hair, you're natural. She was like, I've always wanted to do it, but I was scared of what people would think. And I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. You know, me, I said, me too, I'll be honest, me too. I said, but I had to do this. I needed to be who I am. Welcome back, everybody, to My Yielded Life. Today, I'm excited to have a guest I've been trying to get on here since the summer. First of all, let me contrast this with my last episode. So last episode was all about rest, Um, making sure you build rest into your life because we were built for for it. God rested and tells us to rest. This episode may seem like an opposite. Um, But let's listen and see what our guest has to teach us and we'll find out. So instead of discussing rest today, we're going to talk about doing the most. Um, So I want to welcome my friend, uh, Crystal Lamb, to this show. We met um, years ago when she was in college, I was in college. Um, I was at a church with someone who became her husband and God literally like brought her to our brother (laughs) like he didn't have to go look for her so she's been part of the spiritual family ever since day one um and yeah there's so much we can learn so welcome crystal to my yielded life good morning thank you for having me and being patient as we figured out a date and time to uh get together so thank you yes she's here y'all so I'm going to give you opportunity to introduce yourself because you know why I asked you to be on here. So tell us who you are, where you're from, and then you can go into all the various roles that um, you manage in your life. So again, good morning. Uh, my name is Crystal Lamb. I am originally from Burlington, North Carolina. Okay. Hey. Don't sleep on us. Okay. Big <laughs> Burlington uh, coming up in the world. Um, born and raised there, but I currently reside in a little town called Whitsit, which is right outside of Greensboro. So I'm literally 20 minutes from my hometown. Um, but just kind of going into my roles and how I'm here, um, you know, like Ray mentioned, I am married to Thaddeus Lamb. So I'm a wife first. We've been married almost 13 years in July. Oh my God, I cannot Mm -hmm. believe that. Yeah. I'm a mom of two. I have an 11-year-old and a six-year-old. I am a daughter and a caregiver for my mother. Um, So that consumes a lot of my time, but I'm very thankful I'm able to do that. I'm a Mm -hmm. sister. I'm a cousin. I'm a best friend. Uh, career-wise, I'm a registered nurse, a clinical assistant professor at uh, UNC Greensboro in the School of Nursing. Uh, within the School of Nursing, I'm the simulation coordinator for our pre-licensure program. Um, I'm also uh, a mentor to students, a faculty advisor. I'm the chair of our Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee within the School of Nursing and also on university committees. I am mm-hmm. a doctoral student, so I'm working on my Woo! doctorate degree uh, yeah. at East Carolina University. Uh, I am a soror in my nursing uh, sorority. Um, I could probably keep going, but that's kind of the things that really consume my world at this moment. Yes, and I don't know if you left this out or you just separated it because it's not necessarily you, but her husband has been a pastor so the ministry while she doesn't necessarily hold that title right um 
anybody who's been in church knows that pastoral families, the whole family participates in the ministry. So um, she's had to support that is through that. And you've served in the ministry yourself. Let's not, let's talk about some of what you've done in ministry over the decade, I guess. Um, well, so that is a big part. And I guess I don't even think about it because it's just become, a, it's just my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but especially during the pandemic, I've really had to kind of step back and let him do what he does to keep the Bridge of Hope Church online and connected every Sunday um, for the past yes. almost year. Um, I've served in health and wellness ministries. I've uh, kind of, I guess, led a, a mother's ministry at our church uh, in recent years. Um, volunteering, you know, doing all that stuff that you do when you're engaged in church. Um, I've taught Bible study, you know, Sunday morning class, you know, things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but lately, uh, just because my worlds, my roles have shifted a lot, I've just really tried to support Thaddeus as he's kept the church connected online and, yeah. and my kids with bridge kids story time letting them yes. do their thing so i've been in a supportive role the past year right right so i also don't want to leave out that up until maybe a few months ago you were also working in the hospital and doing all these other things so did you want to share anything about that whole transition uh yeah so uh like I said, you know, being a registered nurse since 2007, I have been, I had been an employee of Cone Health System since 2006, uh, starting as a CNA um, all the way up until August of 2020. Um, so I would actually get up in the mornings and go into work at 530, take care of patients, and then I would transition and go to work um, on campus from about eight to five or a little later. So um, yeah, that was a part of my world for very long time uh, mm-hmm. you know, being at the patient bedside, being engaged in the community, caring for others. Um, but last August, I just kind of had to make that decision. You know, can I keep doing this? The mental and emotional um, drain that it was having on me because it takes a, we have a lot of requirements to stay at the bedside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of clashing with my requirements to, you know, going to school and then my requirements for, you know, being a professor at, you know, at UNCG. So I just had to make that tough decision to kind of let that go. Um, very, very hard decision for me to make. I cried, 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 yeah. um, a lot, but, uh, it really freed up a lot of mental and emotional space for me to uh, direct in other places that needed it. Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, listeners, if y'all have kept up with the many things, but Crystal does a whole, whole lot. Um, And this is not even like just now because I've known her over the years. So she has continually kept her hands on a lot of things, a lot of roles. Um, She's never like broken down or (laughs) had to just completely give up and shut down in life. So she's, in my opinion, been successfully juggling a lot of things over the years and continues pursuing goals that on the outside looking in, you might be like, okay, why would you go to school right now? Why this? Why that? So I want to share with you guys a perspective on um, why someone would be doing the most in this way. And so we'll work through her story, but to paint the picture, tell me like a typical day for you when you have all these things on your plate. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so 
exercise and health has kind of become a main focus in my life over the past year as well. So like I'll kind of tell you like this morning, I got up uh, before the kids and uh, I exercise. I got on my elliptical machine, um, wow. got dressed, uh, make sure the kids were they're actually off the school. So making sure, you know, they got their mask, you know, because we're still in the pandemic. You know, they got the water bottles, their book bags are packed. Um, and then, you know, I get dressed and, you know, like right now I'm sitting in my home office, but I would usually be headed to campus, um, making sure my mom is off her machine and clean all of that up. Cause it's a very sterile, not sterile, but very clean technique you have to use when you have someone on peritoneal dialysis. So I always make sure all our supplies are ready. Everything's good to go before I leave. Um, either I go to my home office or, um, I go to campus, which I actually will be going to campus after we get off of this uh, call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do the many things like I'm either in Zoom meetings because now, you know, we're in a virtual world. Um, I have a lot of school and nursing commitments, uh, simulation, you know, coordinator is my role. So prepare for simulations like I have a simulation this Thursday that I'm preparing for. Uh, we're still unpacking in our new building. So I'm still in, you know, unpacking, organizing uh, mode. Um you know, I have a meeting at 11. Um, I have students that are coming to practice skills at 3.30. Um, so once I wrap all of that up, I'll come home, you know, do my usual routine. You know, again, we're still in the pandemic. <laughs> I try to keep my family safe, you know, preparing dinner or uh, eating dinner. Um, I'm very thankful my mom will cook sometimes. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I have to prepare dinner. Um, and in the midst of that, I'm getting her machine ready because every night I have to set up her dialysis machine, making sure it's the right you know, for solutions on there and all that stuff. So it's about a 20, 30 minute process. Once that's all done, we clean up the kitchen. I go through my usual, what I call COVID routine um, that I do every night uh, as I'm cleaning uh, to again, try to keep everybody safe since I'm going in and out the house. And then I sit down and try to do graduate work. So last night I was trying to read about healthcare finance. Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I fell asleep and my glasses fell off my face and I found the book in the floor. <laughs> so that's kind of my day yeah so what time you start your day at like what six and end it when uh, no I usually start about 5 5 15 uh-huh. and then well 5 30 if I'm sleeping in quote unquote <laughs> um and then I'm usually up to like 11 ish I don't get a lot okay. of sleep at this point in my life and I'm working on that um mm-hmm. I need to definitely get more sleep but I'm very in tune with my body. So I could probably do this for about two or three weeks. And then I'll probably have to adapt a little bit. So, yeah. 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 So how do you do it? Like, what what would you say are three things um, that you have put in place so that you can show up and be present for the people and the tasks? So I have definitely learned to share the load a little bit. So little things I had to recognize that were stressing me out. So for instance, like taking out the trash every Monday night was like really stressing me out because I would have to take 20 minutes out of my day to get all the trash bags, tie them up, take them out to the trash can, refill the trash can. So I've incorporated the kids into some chores. Mm -hmm. So Monday night is the kids chores night. So they know to get the trash you know, replace the um, the bags in the trash can and take them out to the trash can, which doesn't seem like a lot, but that really helped like alleviate like a part of my stressful Mondays because Mondays are always mm-hmm. busy at the beginning of the week. And then incorporating them into like 
their routine with their masks. Like they know to put their mask away, their lunch boxes, empty their water bottles. Brielle cleans the computers for me. So little things like that have really kind of helped just in the daily you know, nuances of the day. Right. Um, I've learned to disconnect on Friday night. So we've turned Friday night into movie night. So mm-hmm. I try to, no matter what is happening, sit down, be still, no textbook, no computer. And we either watch a movie or we would just sit and watch like some of their favorite shows on Hulu or Netflix or something. So Friday nights, yeah. they know mommy's going to sit down with us and do something. So I try to keep that routine for them so that they know they're still a priority Mm -hmm. Um, love it and then I also try to get up super early so Saturday mornings I'm usually up in my office you know on a like six o'clock seven o'clock just so I can have some Mm -hmm. alone time really get some studying in really catch up while everybody's asleep so most Saturday and Sunday mornings I do that so then when they start getting up I can you know, engage with them, even if I still have, I've always have something to do, but I can engage right. them without feeling like I'm getting behind in my schoolwork. Um, so those mm-hmm. are kind of things that we've incorporated to try to keep, I guess, my stress level down, but then also let my family know that they're still a priority. So as you've been successfully managing the many things your purpose your family all the things how did you know when things were in fact too overwhelming and you needed to drop something um so I would like to give that his credit for that um well not all the credit but he he knows me very well and so when my emotions would kind of kind of get uh what's the word I don't know I want to say fragile because sometimes that could be seen as negative, but in a way I was. Um, mm-hmm. So there's three big moments I think in my life where I really had to trans- transition that I can really point out. Um, the first time um, I had to let something go. So me being in um, doctoral school uh, now, it's kind of coming full circle. I actually started this journey back in 2009 when I was pregnant with Brielle. I've always wanted to be a nurse practitioner and I was actually in graduate school then. Um, but after having Brielle, I suffered from postpartum uh, depression um, Mm. and it really took a mental emotional toll on me in ways that I obviously couldn't see, but my husband could see. Mm -hmm. And so after going through that, my dad uh, becoming ill suddenly and passing away uh, within, you know, literally two or three months, um, I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it, but I didn't want to quit because I felt like I couldn't be a quitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that August, August of 2010, no, it was October. I finally had to make the decision that I could not mentally, emotionally handle being in graduate school, being a new mom, still kind of being a new wife and grieving right. and grieving the loss of my father. So it was too much. And so I had to make that choice to withdraw from school, which yeah. still took me into more of a negative kind of tailspin because then I had to process those worldly emotions of being a quitter, being a failure and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but in hindsight, it's always 2020. I needed that time to process everything that I was going through uh, with being a mom, being, you know, a wife, you know, grieving my father, things like that. Right. So that was mm-hmm. kind of one of the first times I quote unquote, the world would see us quitting. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then another time, again, I fluctuated, you know, part-time, full-time work, you know, going back to school, you know, once I did go back and get my master's um, in 2012 and graduate in 2014 and actually having a child doing that degree. Yes. Had Alex <laughs> while I was pregnant. I mean, had Alex while I was in graduate school um, and going through that. But then another time was, so last summer was kind of a pivotal moment for, I think the whole world, you know, in general with the pandemic, uh, with the racial, you know, injustice in the world and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Amar Aubrey. Uh, were really on the forefront of my mind and uh, being one of the few black professors in the school of nursing Mm -hmm. um, it really became a burden Um, I have really uh, I want to say towed the line uh, make sure my peers who are majority white were comfortable I didn't want to be seen in a negative light I never wanted to be that angry black woman so I kept a lot of things in Mm -hmm. um, professionally Um, and after last summer I just couldn't anymore, you know, regardless, I'm a black woman in this world. And when I step outside of my doors, you know, people don't know that I'm a professor and I'm a rich nurse and all these other things. They see a black female. Um, And so having these conversations within the school of nursing and kind of, we're kind of going through a reckoning, so to speak. It's been a very trying time. Mm -hmm. I had to, it was very cathartic for me last summer to be honest and true for once to myself and who I was in the school of nursing and being a black professor in that space. And with all of that emotional and mental uh, processing, I was still, I was again in graduate school, um, you know, working on my um, doctorate degree. I was taking two courses and I just could not keep up. I remember sitting in my office one day and feeling frozen. I was like five weeks behind in one of my courses. You know, I'm on this call with my peers, you know, talking about being black in America and Mm -hmm. having some of my colleagues tell me about their their experience of racism and discrimination, which I'll be honest, floored me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Because they're I mean, they have no idea. I mean, I want, I don't want to generalize say they, there were a few that I'm just like, okay, they are not ready to have these conversations and just having all of that come to a head. And so mm-hmm. I had to make another decision to withdraw from one of my classes. Again, going through the worldly thoughts of being a failure, being a quitter, you know, why would you go to school if you can't handle it? Going through all of these emotions, but I knew in that time last summer, I could not handle it. And so I withdrew from one of my classes. I finished one of them uh, successfully. And then I had to alter my plan of study. So that's actually something I'm still processing uh, with my advisor is in the fall, you know, can I handle the coursework that will come since I alter my plan of study? So that's actually so something I'm processing through, mm-hmm. uh, which may delay my graduation a year, you know. But again, would I rather graduate in 2023, maybe losing my mind <laughs> and exactly know, my relationships with my children or my husband or can I delay it a year and survive you know so that's kind of what I'm processing through now as well and even with all of that came the the decision to quit you know resign is the word I like to use resign from Cone Hill of 14 mm-hmm. years so last summer was a huge 
turning point for me uh, professionally, uh, mentally, emotionally, career-wise, um, and even just coming to terms with who I am and growing yeah. being a Black female in a predominantly white profession uh, because nursing mm-hmm. is still a predominantly white profession. And so, I mean, it's just the reality of, you know, what it is. And so I've grown a lot in these past, I want to say, what, 10 months we've been in this pandemic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Creeping on a year. Creeping on a year. Yeah. Um, so last summer was a lot of change for me, but I had to do that for my mental health. Yes. And I think what I'm hearing is sometimes you do have to silence the expectations and pressures from outside. Know yourself, rely on your support system, which was Thaddeus's lens over the years. Um, and listen, like, listen to what your needs really are. It's one thing to be doing random things just to fill your life to make money, but it's another thing to also be growing to also be aware along the way. Yes, I will definitely say self-awareness was something that I really went through um, last year because, again, I can't, you mean you really can't help it. You know, again, with everything that was happening in the world, I mean, it creeps into everybody's homes. And how did you process that? And how did you work through that? And mm-hmm. so I just had to do what was best for me because I spent a lot of nights crying, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of them. Um, but again, I'm a, I'm an extrovert and I really process externally. So that's kind of one of my coping mechanisms too. Um, but I was crying more than usual. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. So I had to really make those decisions. So what's your, why, why are you a nurse? Why are you getting your doctoral degree? Why all the things? Ooh, why? That's always, why do I do? I literally say this to myself a lot of times. Crystal, why (laughs) are you doing this? Like, what keeps you going? So first, being a registered nurse is something that I feel God instilled in me. That has been ingrained in me since I was a little girl. Um, I can remember being a young child. I had an older brother that was 20 years senior to me who uh, died of leukemia when I was small. But I can remember... Uh, him having surgeries and me helping him and me mm-hmm. having to stand on the back of the toilet, you know, with the toilet seat down because he was a really tall guy uh, to help him with his bandages, like on his back. He has his extensive back surgery. You know, I have vivid memories of doing that. And so, you know, it's like it's something I've always wanted to do. So no matter what, you know, caring for people is who I am. Nurturing people is who I am. And I just get so much joy when you know, when I'm teaching, you know, the students and they have an aha moment, you know, I have students that come to me, you know, Miss Lamb, I was in clinical and you remember you taught us that purse breathing technique and it worked. The oxygen level came up. You know, I remember having this vivid moments of students coming to me with their success uh, for me sharing with them. And then also, you know, my students of color coming to me and saying, you know, I never forget I had this student who always wore these long weaves. I mean, they were pretty, though. They were, I mean, beautiful, honey. I mean, she, when I cut my hair, when I went natural in 2017, and I had my teeny weeny afro, Lord have mercy. <laughs> and I can remember her coming to my office, and she didn't have on a wig. And I almost didn't recognize her because she, I mean, she always, it was. she was a beautiful girl. But that's all I was used to seeing her in. And so when she came to my office one day without a wig on, and she just said, 
thank you, Miss Lamb, for doing that. And I was like, what I do? And she was like, you cut your hair. You're natural. She was like, I've always wanted to do it, but I was scared of what people would think. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. You know, me, I said, me too. I'll be honest. Me too. I said, but I had to do this. I needed to be who I am. And I've had quite a few students come to me and tell me that about my hair, you know, about me being their first black professor. And so I feel that that's a lot of my why. There are young women and men who will become, who have come behind me, who need to see people who look like them. Yeah. yeah. Um, When it comes to, you know, being a nurse and being a professor. Uh, going back to school, nurse practitioner, I love geriatrics. I've always loved my older patients. Even when I worked mm-hmm. in the hospital, I wanted the ones that were confused and had dementia. And <laughs> those yeah. are the ones that I loved. <laughs> and so going back to school for, you know, be a geriatric nurse practitioner, I was like, you know, this is just another way for me to go out in my, my community again, you know, being a provider that looks like them. You know, mm-hmm. and try to improve the health of, you know, my community. You know, that's one of my main reasons why I want to be a nurse practitioner. And even for our older adults, because there's still a lot of health disparities in our community. And now, granted, I may not be able to save the world, but I can make a little dent, you know, in our in our community. So, you know, yeah. I'm really doing it, you know, for my mom, you know, who is of age and caring for her and, you know, for people who look like her, you know. Right, right. I mean, so the the impact is the why because you see who you're touching. Yes, and I need to, and I want to be an example for my kids. You know, that I know. You know, Thaddeus. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows me. He believes in me. But I need Brielle and Alex to see. You know that. You know, if you want to do something, you can do it now. It takes hard work. You know, they see me doing homework. They see me doing emails. You know, they see me at all my meetings. Lord, I have a gazillion Zoom meetings. And WebEx meetings, but um, I want to. I want them to see. They can't say they didn't know how to succeed because they didn't have an example. Um, because right. between myself and Thaddeus, they have plenty of example. So, what would you say to other uh, aspiring women, even young men out there who um, feel like they are limited and can't? pursue education, can't have a family, shouldn't get married until they're done with school. All those questions and pressures that um, can be put on you and can hold you back. Like, what would you say to them? Um, so, I, I mean, when I've had students ask me this question, uh, when they, you know, find out I'm in school as well, they're like, Miss Lamb, how in the world would you, do you do all that? And I always mm-hmm. say, to be honest, um, one, because I'm very determined um, and it's something that I want to do, but um, having support, like really try to figure out who your support is, you know, and granted, it may not be, you know, kind of like I feel very fortunate to have my mom here and to have a husband, you know, that supports right. me and I have kids that I've kind of roped in. But I'll say if you have any support, even if it's just a best friend who is willing to, if you have children you know, watch your child so you can go to class or, you know, I don't know. I mean, anyone, anything, you know, if you have support that's willing to support you, you know, to make it happen. Yeah. But then also um, sacrifice. I don't think Mm -hmm. people, well, I won't say people, but 
I say the world, okay, coming from a, a worldly perspective. I think sacrifice is so hard. Like, for instance, people, you know, especially the younger generation, you know, still even in the pandemic, they want to hang out with their friends. They want to go out to parties and, you know, they want to do all these things. But mm-hmm. those things are just temporary pleasures and moments of time that you really could be focusing on something else. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like I always tell them, one, you have to sacrifice your time. So, yes, there's a lot of nights I just want to go to bed or, you know, I'd rather watch, you know, my trash shows that I'm going to have to binge watch now over the summer <laughs> <laughs> and things like that. But I know that this is temporary. So, you know, telling them that sacrificing your time now for the future is worth it. Because me being in school, even though it feels like forever, mm-hmm. is temporary. Like this time will pass. And so sacrificing now for the future. It's almost like even with the Dave Ramsey principles. Exactly. Sacrificing yep. now has created now my present, but then it was my future of how we are financially. So I always tell them, you know, if you have support, use them. You know, don't be afraid to ask for help. But be willing to sacrifice in the moment because the payoff is going to be worth it. Because one day I will be a nurse practitioner. You know, this will be finished for me Um, and I'll be moving on to the next thing. But sacrifice, like it's okay to sacrifice. Like I promise you're not missing what you think you are. Mm -hmm. And while you are on that, I know you have you may have another point to answer that question. But I do want to point out that um, Crystal and her family became debt free along the way. So there was the sacrifice of, for example, selling their house, living in an apartment, not spending when they had to meet certain goals, and then even going through school um, without debt are all things that are not easy to do and take extra steps. Like you had to apply for scholarships, right? To do both degrees, didn't you? So... We didn't get to that because it wasn't necessarily a role or a task, but the sky is the limit. Like, Crystal has accomplished all of that in 10, 12 years. Um, And so as she's talking about the sacrifice, can you imagine, like, five, six years from now when this season is behind her, she'll be reaping that and her children will reap the benefits of the financial freedom and the legacy. So... Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Dave Ramsey. So shout out plug to Dave Ramsey. You can go to his website and start following his principles. Yes, because they work. But yeah. (laughs) They do work. They do. They do. You can't deny it. So anything else you would say to those coming up behind you? I would say um, be true to who you are. Don't let anyone light your path. Let God light your path. Um, And I only say that because I've had so many of my peers try to steer me away from getting a DMP. They feel, I I mean, I'll just be very transparent. They feel me being a black female that I won't get the same level of respect getting a DMP than a PhD. Um, But Mm -hmm. I have to be true to who I am and I am a clinician and I love taking care of patients at the bedside. I'm not a nurse scientist. And so mm-hmm. a DMP was the best fit for me and having to have conversations with my peers whom I respect to tell them I have to do what's best for me. You know, your career path is yours and mine is mine. So being true to who you are, don't be afraid to be different. 
it's okay if you yeah. are one of the few um, and don't dim your light because others will yes. try to cast a shadow on you and don't allow them to. So good. So good. Well, let's leave the listeners with one task activity suggestion that they can start with um, so that if they desire to, they can also successfully do the most. Do you have any suggestions? One, I would say find a mentor. So find someone who looks like what you want to do. You know, find a mentor. Um, Because I have a couple of key people in my life who, when I need questions about certain things, I know who to go to. Um, Also, find your non-negotiables. So what are like one or two things that are non-negotiable? Because, and what I mean by that, those are those things that keep you grounded. So like, for instance, Mm -hmm. my Friday night with the kids is non-negotiable because I know that's my time to one, unplug, relax and breathe and then get that quality time with my kids because one day they're going to be adults and they're not going to be my babies anymore. And so I really need to take that time with that non-negotiable to stay grounded in who I am as being a mom and being a wife and being, you know, you know, being a part of my family. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say find a mentor and find your non-negotiables. Now it can't be long now. You can't have 20 non-negotiables because then you you won't do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Just a couple, a few things that are you saying. You know what? This is part of my life. I can't give up because they keep me grounded. They keep me focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's good. And so, kind of circling back to comparing this episode to rest, you do rest. You rest each Friday. You probably you wake up early on the weekends to get your personal by yourself mental time as well while you might you know do things during that time when you get up early it's your time to do what you need to do with it be in your own head um are there any other ways you rest and like to refuel um so I've had to learn how to compartmentalize so for instance like I love I'll be honest I love trash tv I love drama I love my housewives and all of that (laughs) and my Chicago (laughs) but Uh um I have to compartmentalize that now. So I will finish Housewives of Atlanta <laughs> in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and also exercise. So exercise has kind of been a charging for me. So like when I was doing my treadmill before it became a dangerous hazard, we had to replace it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my time. I would have my music in. So I love music. So another thing about me, mm-hmm. I love, 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 love music. I love to dance. So our Apple subscription they get their money's worth. I get my money's worth because <laughs> little things like when I'm cleaning at night, um, going through my COVID mm-hmm. routine, I have my headphones in, I have my phone in my back pocket, and I am dancing. I mean, twerking, whatever you want to call it. I'm in my zone yeah. by myself <laughs> as I'm right. cleaning. So every night I listen to, you know, Apple Music while I'm sitting on my mom's machine you know, while I'm cleaning. So I really find fun and rejuvenation in music and dance. Um, Mm -hmm. And then again, when I'm exercising. So like this morning when I was on my elliptical, now granted, I was reading my textbook. (laughs) But but I was in the zone. I was by myself. You know, everybody was still asleep. And I was just, I was just there. And sometimes I really process, okay, my day. Like, what do I need to get done? What can I, you know, if I don't get it done, whatever. So I do a lot of thinking when I'm exercising too. 
So those mm-hmm. are kind of my moments. I dance, 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 <laughs> and listen to music. Um, and when I'm exercising, those really kind of help me. And then probably in a couple of weeks, as I'm going through these motions, my body is probably going to tell me, Crystal, six o'clock on a Saturday is not going to work. And I'll probably sleep to eight or eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> so your body will tell you when you need that. Oh, extra yes, I can definitely I can definitely tell moment. when I'm, I'm running. I call them running on fumes and I really need some sleep. Yeah. 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 Man, well, listen, we are so proud of you. I keep telling you, I live through you. I said I ain't getting no more <laughs> degrees, but if Crystal's getting one, then we'll take it for the team. Um, you are killing it, y'all. She ain't mentioned awards that she's gotten recently, and she hadn't been a professor that long, but God has really like pushed her to the front. She's killing it. Um, so we're proud. I want you guys to celebrate her too. And do you mind praying for the listeners out there who are pondering your story? Oh, no, absolutely. And we'll close. So let's all pray. Okay. Uh, Most Heavenly Father, God, uh, first of all, Lord, I just want to thank you for Ray. God, I want to thank you for putting these podcasts in her heart, God, these ideas, Lord, her ministry, God, her husband, her family's ministry. God, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for this time of just allowing me to share my story, Lord, because I'm living it. So I just see it as who I am, who you created me to be. But I'm so thankful that you've given an avenue and a platform to share God, for others who may be thinking about going back to school or who may be in a relationship and engagement, getting married, who have kids, Lord, who are just thinking, what can I do? Uh, What can I do to better myself or to get that degree or that next career? Um, God, because everybody may not be interested in healthcare. Um, You know, that's just what you created me to be, to be a nurse. Um, But God, you've given us the mind, the body, the spirit, Lord, to be great, to be great in you, God, as long as we put you first. And so, God, I just pray that as others listen to this, Lord, that they be inspired, Lord, that they be encouraged. God, if there's someone who is living a similar life and they feel defeated, they feel overwhelmed, Lord, lift them up, God, encourage them, Lord, wrap your loving arms around them to know, God, that these moments, these feelings, these emotions, Lord, they're temporary, God, and that if we just stay steadfast in you and stay back to our purpose, God, and to our cause, Lord, that we will come out victorious and successful and on the other side. And God, that we take each day, Lord, even continuing in what we've been learning uh, at church in this fast, continuing to choose joy, God, to be joyous in the moments, in those times, God, even of frustration and feeling burdened and overwhelmed, God, we choose joy, God. Even as I look outside and see this rain, Lord, I choose joy because yes, I know that rain is a yes. necessity to life. Water is a necessity to life. So God, I thank you for this moment, Lord, I pray Hallelujah. encouragement. I pray empowerment. I pray energy and steadfastness and firmness and patience and consistency, God. Lord, I just thank you. And we just give you all the glory, yes, all the honor, God, and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You should definitely go and check out giftofgoddesigns.com. They have Christian apparel and Thaddeus Lamb, the founder and owner, uh, does amazing work on websites, logos, even video, visual, audio, you name it. If you're trying to start a business or just get your brand and your online presence up to par, 
definitely contact Thaddeus and get you a quote. In closing, I want to let you know I appreciate you for listening to this episode and I welcome your questions, feedback, disagreements, whatever it may be. You can email me at ray at myyieldedlife.com. You can also connect with me in between episodes by following me on Instagram or Facebook under My Yielded Life. So until we connect again, take care. <laughs>